Are you looking for the ideal gift for the dog-loving children in your family? Jack and Billy Puppy Tales is a delightful story with an important message for children of all ages. It's written by Steve Goodall and Sally Bradbury. You'll follow two puppies, Jack and Billy, during that all-important first year of their lives. It's had some amazing reviews from some of the top dog trainers in the world. Dr Ian Dunbar, veterinary behaviourist, says... I started to smile after only four pages. I couldn't put it down and at the end I could barely read for tears of happiness. This is a wonderful book. Karen Tong, dog training instructor and child dog bite prevention educator, said this. This will definitely educate both children and adults about the correct way to bring up a puppy. It belongs in the home of all dog lovers and anyone considering acquiring a puppy. You can find us at jackandbillypuppytails.com and join the adventures. We're also on Facebook, Jack and Billy Puppy Tales. See you soon. We have some very exciting news for you on the Barks from the Bookshelf podcast. Our lovely friends at Dogwise, who publish a lot of the books that we have featured and are due to feature, have decided to give all of you lovely listeners 10% off all of their titles. So if you head to their website, which is www.dogwise.com, you can have a look at their catalogue. And when you get to your shopping cart at the end, just type in the coupon code, which is BARKBOOK, all one word, B-A-R-K-B-O-O-K, and they'll give you a whopping 10% off. Enjoy! Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn together. Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop. Here we go. Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn together. Barks from the bookshop, we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop. Hello. 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 Everyone's going to be thrilled uh, because we've we've had complaints that on the last couple of off the shelves, um, it's been just me doing the intro, and apparently people want to hear what Corin and Nat are up to, not what I've been doing. <laughs> I really that, enjoy that a lot. So you got my email. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Yes. So funny. There was one time when you just forgot to press record on us all, didn't you? So I did. Yeah. I explained that in the podcast though. I think I, I think that should buy me some time. Do you, you reckon know? it was the up, last I mean, time we you were don't really donuts. know what goes on though, do we? Because he, he gets the audio files. He could be just deleting it's this my, out the whole thing. Ego going wild. <laughs> I never say you've got an ego, do I? So let's so let's let's hope that you two have got something really interesting to um well actually I know there's some interesting things, isn't there? I know that for sure. Um because there's been some there's been some Nat injury odysseys. Hang on, pause for uh pause for uh jingle. Natalie's injury odyssey. There we go. There's the Nat uh-huh. yeah. injury odyssey. It's been a few, isn't there? There's a, there's it's been a, a few. some quite funny ones. <laughs> uh yeah. There's been some funny ones. Go on, uh, hit us. One was involving uh, duck poo. <laughs> Basically, did a 
a banana version of slipping on duck poo. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. I yeah, was really upset that, that the, the cameras didn't quite get that. I preferred. No, there's I... no cameras there. And the worst thing is that because I fell forward and put my hands down, I landed in the, the, the duck pool puddle oh. as well. <laughs> so, uh, can, we, can we get a recreation? Possibly? No. No, never. It will I'm, sti- I'm still smelling it. Um, I put that. That so, was a good one. I, I've got to admit, I, I, I preferred the fall down the stairs one. Oh, the fall down the stairs. I thought we'd already talked about that. Yeah, no. And then there's the brick one. So the fall down the stairs one was that. Even though I've lived in my house nearly ten years now, I just forgot that the last three steps of my staircase <laughs> exist. And um, and and just. <laughs> just, just stepped out into nothing and then and then oh, i was on my knees luckily on a dog bed See, that's why you buy so many dog beds there we go. i landed on a dog bed not a dog um and jay was in the kitchen and all he saw what well he heard bomb bomb and then he saw my face appear on the floor of the hallway uh, uh and lastly because these things come in threes um <laughs> multiples of threes in my case um i was carrying uh some bricks from one end of the garden to the other and because i'm lazy i carry as many as possible in one go because i want to do less mm. trips what could um, possibly go wrong what could possibly go wrong with with wearing flip-flops and carrying eight bricks <laughs> nothing i mean nothing unless there's a bramble that wants to kill you and holds on to your foot for dear life and then you and then your lurcher is next to you and you have to decide whether you die or they die so i went for i went for 50 50 chance of either and i threw the bricks in one direction and and um grew luckily moved off in the other direction and then i fell and yeah again it was a slow-mo on my face the only thing that would have made that better is if you landed in duck poo (laughs) (laughs) just wait for next month's installment you never know you never know know. uh we've all got sunburn oh apart from corin which is actually a miracle because normally it's (laughs) corin that gets sunburned you you wouldn't even know how much like steve and nat just tan instantly and um I've not been wearing sun cream, but not managed to get burnt. But these two are glowing red right now. Mm. You've toned yeah, down I'm... slightly. Mm. You've obviously caught yours today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the whole sunglass, like, mm. it's it's full on. They're big it's sunglasses. The chest as well. That <laughs> basically looks like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> it'll even out. It's fine. It'll even out. It'll even out. Um, uh... When you said Nat has something to share, I thought you were going to talk about, like, publishing well you should share that as well shouldn't you as a a second to all your injuries (laughs) as a second yeah i just happened to have my first piece of research quick round of applause because we do have a uh a very 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 important announcement go on that Nat just said it oh did you oh god that was it that was an (laughs) anti-climax say it again i feel like maybe in the edit you could add some fanfares or something yeah say it again go on again um I have had my first piece of um, collaborative research published. My name is on a published piece of work. I don't know what that was. That was cars beeping in the background. It's quite a contentious subject, so I'm probably going to get trolled. But hey ho. Yeah, man. But hey, I um, I haven't read it yet. Um, but I'm going to. 
I'm going well, we'll to. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it properly someday. Yeah. I think, yeah, we should do a special because what, 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 it, we've got a podcast all about writing and dogs and, you know, what, what better, better way to get it out there? Indeed. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get Andrew on. Yeah. That sounds absolutely. You'll f- like him. He's fabulous. great. Fabulous. Yeah. That'd be great. Fabulous. Um, um, so what's Corinne been up to then? Um, I'm still recovering from having to do the puppy class by myself. Oh, yeah. How um, did it go? Yeah, uh, fine. Apart from the, am I allowed to swear? Or, well, yeah, no, it's not really swearing, I guess. Yeah. I uh, was doing some mat work uh, with the puppies to start with and um, was getting people to reward on the mat and then said, and then just toss one off. Um, <laughs> and that's what I, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh. Um, sort of made a face like I knew what I said and a few people laughed and then I was like there's children in the class just swiftly move on yeah move um, on. yeah <laughs> so you did your first dogging well, class last night yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was later that was later. <laughs> it's, uh, Steve is normally the loud mouth in the in the middle of the class whereas I take people off and do sort of a little bit of Toss one-to-one one Yeah. So, um, but because he was doing that, babe, I did. Did you did you recover? Are you okay? Mm. Yeah. How was your heart rate throughout? Yeah. I only stayed up for an hour in the night, you know, thinking about it. So that was right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was that. There was only an hour. It was only an hour. That's good. Only. I mean, yeah. It wasn't all night. It wasn't all night. Exactly. I did. uh, The reason that Corinne was doing that is because I did a webinar for the Dog Training College sponsor, sponsor of the podcast. Uh, No no one asked what you were doing, though. Sorry. You're right, actually. This is not about me, is it? You're going to get another email. (laughs) I'm going to get another email. Shut up, Steve. Joking. We watched it. It was absolutely brilliant, mate. (sighs) You did yourself proud. Uh, Like, uh, I was watching it just beaming. Did you like my video? I did. I did. <laughs> so I um while Steve was on uh finishing the webinar, I was meant to be making a salad and quite frankly I didn't fancy the salad either. And I thought, I know what Steve would love. He'd love some pizza. So I ordered some oh, pizza. Yes. But it didn't arrive. I was planning for it to arrive just before <laughs> or whilst he just when he'd finished and uh, it didn't. And then he came down and he was going, Where's dinner? And I'm like, This makes me sound really bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just coming Woman. just stamping down the stairs, shouting, Where's my dinner? Well, I was trying to distract him and just have a conversation, ask him how everything went. And then he was like, Oh, should we just get chips? I was like, No, we've got salad. Then he walks in the kitchen and he's like, Where where is it then? I'm like, Oh, I've not started yet. He's like, What do you mean we're getting chips then? So I was still trying to keep the pizza surprised. Um, but he was about to step out the door and walk to the shop and get some chips. So I was like, hold your horses. Something's coming. I'm literally the embodiment of the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> I am what's wrong with uh, sexist Britain today. <laughs> today. Just just throwing so my not, weight around the house. You're, this is just, what... you're just a man that loves food. Demanding yeah. salad. <laughs> uh, uh, Corin, did you give Steve any of your pizza leftovers today when he was begging with nope. Peach? No, and in all seriousness, I decided to take that photo because he wasn't far off doing what he was doing in that photo. <laughs> he was going, you can't possibly eat all those three pieces to yourself because Steve eats his pizza all in one go, whereas I'll save some for the next day. And he's going, you can't possibly. I was like, watch me. When you should, can, can we just clarify? Where clar- do you put that whole thing? No, just but, to clarify, you. I do eat it slice by slice. I don't just put it all in in one go. No, I, I know, but still... I can't. 
three slices i'm like oh okay right this is going to last me for a couple of days oh god no i, no, d- I turned no. around to him and i was like sort of having my i don't know i can eat quite a bit i, I was on my, my fifth slice and i turned around to him and i was like do you think you're going to be able to finish yours and he was on his last one like no <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I to beaches for a walk and everything was fine. It wasn't very busy and the weather was sublime. We'd done a few great recalls and practiced loose leader, but mostly we did sniffing because sniffs are basic media. And that is when it happened. I couldn't quite believe it. A million miles away from any washroom or convenience My pictures did a poop and being conscientious man I stooped down to collect, that's when it happened Put my fingers through the poop bag I put my fingers, put my fingers through the poop bag I put my fingers, put my fingers through the poop bag I put my fingers, put my fingers through the poop bag What the hell am I gonna do? It's through the poop Right, we should get, let's get on to the matter in hand. Um, uh, I think we've addressed the content of the email quite well. The elephant in the room, it's it's noted. Thank you very much, it's noted. Thank you for giving a voice to the voiceless. Thank you. (laughs) Diana's a patron as well, so we've got to listen to her. We've got to listen to her opinion on things. It's very important and very, and it's noted and I've I've taken it on board. I reckon it was your donut waffle last time. Yeah, there was a bit of donut waffle, wasn't there? I talking about running to Ben's house, yeah. Interesting story. Story time with Steve. That, that, segment, that segment is out of the podcast from now on. No, we love story time with Steve. Um, right, okay. So uh, it's an off-the-shelf today, isn't it, um, Natalie and Corin? Um, and we are talking to the amazing uh, Gemma Hodson. Um, we are. Have we, have we got Gemma's bio? Uh, yeah, I'm just... Anybody, on, can on we have this. some Gemma facts? Uh, Gemma just facts, looking, Gemma I'm uh, just looking for it. Shall I read it out? Go on, read it out loud. Oh, well, oh hang on. <laughs> what have oh, you done? Oh, no. You've What's sent happened? it to me other... Me other... Me alter ego. <laughs> Your alter ego. Hang on. Give hold, me a sec. Hold to Bear the... with. Bear with. Bear with. Bear with. Bear with. Great point. Too. Here we go. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Gemma facts. Gemma has lived a life with dogs of various breeds growing up in a house full of show dogs, but initially studied at Hartbury College for a career with horses, going on to work at show jumping and event yards along with hydrotherapy centres. In the early 2000s, she started growing an interest in how pain affects movement and behaviour after one of her own horses developed gastric ulcers. This then became an obsession when returning to her love of dogs and attending dog classes could see dogs from an early age already experiencing difficulties. Wanting to expand on her observational skills, she trained with Sarah Fisher. We love Sarah Fisher mm. doing T-Touch and ACE before deepening her knowledge of canine anatomy, physiology and movement alongside massage and rehabilitation with ICAT and the OCN in London. She's qualified. She is a qualified behaviour practitioner with the ISCP. 
she combines her passion for canine behaviour and movement to help dog guardians get to the bottom of their dog's problems behaviours using gait and posture analysis to shine a light on potential issues. Wow. She's also often called in by other canine professionals to work with their clients for additional support and advice because, you know, if we haven't diagnosed a medical issue or pain, then, of course, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, more recently, Gemma has launched her Dynamic Dog Practitioner Programme where she teaches other dog trainers and behaviourists to spot the signs of discomfort in dogs that are linked to behaviour problems and has been asked to be a canine arthritis management advisor by the founder of CAM, Hannah Capon. We should have Hannah on at some point as well because that uh, I don't know if you've caught any of the CAM lives on Facebook, but no. they're blooming brilliant. Yeah, no, they're I really have. good. No, I have. Have you? Um, well, I've missed all this. And uh, really eye-opening as well from a well from a practitioner and from an owner point of view um, because she – they, they cover all sorts of things and it all comes back to is your dog comfortable basically ah so, fabulous okay so well this is going to be a good one have we have we sent Gemma a link I'm just about to now marvelous okay awesome so I guess we should get on board let her in let her in let's have a chat um and uh see what's going on in the world of pain and canines what do you think let's go let's do it to the audio brilliant how are you doing can is everything working i can i can hear out of one ear you've got a completely blocked ear haven't you Gemma? yeah <laughs> i should have, should have let everyone else know that actually beforehand this yeah, is the first they're hearing nice. about this <laughs> is, that, is that a permanent thing or a i hope not weird thing? <laughs> oh i hope not no i started going swimming again and then um, i got out of the pool on monday and okay. uh, oh, nothing no. and i'm like Huh? What? Can't hear you. Um, so yeah, it's it, weird, really, really weird. So have you have you diagnosed what's wrong yet? Because the only reason I'm asking this is, and it won't be this, but when I was really little, I went to Miami, um, and I was swimming in the swimming pool, and I got a really bad earache, and my and I lost the hearing in one of my ears, and what it turned out was is I had tiny baby crabs in my ear. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that is what? a true story. Tiny, how tiny. have you never told us this story? And two, how is how is that make to, meant to make anyone feel better? Well, I did say to Gemma, no. it's not going to be well, that. But yeah. well, it begs it begs the question: sea crabs or the other type of crab? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm going to leave the story. I mean, there. I just want to share that he's also <laughs> never Where, he's never told me that. Pool? Or it's just from a swimming pool. So they what they did they had to go. So in the you know in the when you have a swimming pool you have the bit that goes mm-hmm. over that laps over the edge. 
what they found was that, so I went to the doctors and they, they pulled like three of them out and then they went and checked the swimming pool and they found that they had loads of them. Loads of these little crabs were alive in that swimming pool, which but which I guess means that the, the sort of chlorine levels and things like that weren't very good in the swimming pool. But yeah. Glorious. Um, he's also had an earwig <laughs> in his ear. I have had an earwig. This is not about me. We just we just did a whole introduction about <laughs> yeah. how... how yeah, I'm... hi Gemma, our guest. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did have an earwig in my ear once. Maybe that's a story for another time. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, I'm, I, you know, I would settle for crabs or an earwig. <laughs> my mum's got something called um, Meniere's disease, which is a degeneration of the inner ear, and it can oh, be hereditary. No. So I'm oh. like, please don't, please don't. I would settle for crabs. Yeah. I'm gonna. Well, I, 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 I promise I won't cut that phrase out and and, and make a gif out of it. Hopefully, it's crabs. <laughs> yeah, I'd settle for crabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, well, first of all, um, very, very glad to have you on board. Um, you. Sorry, for these off the shelves, we um, Corinne comes along as well uh, for the ride here. This is why you've got two faces staring at you from one okay, side of the screen fine. there. Um, I, yeah, it was, it was Andrew, Andrew Hale, that, um, that said that you would be a fabulous podcast guest. No pressure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you because, actually, I don't, I would say what you what your expertise is in is an area that I am fairly ignorant of. I don't, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to talk and learn. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah it's 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 something that I've had a passion for. I actually, started with horses, to be quite honest. So, mm. um, and then it just it just kind of um, stemmed from there. Um, so um, I actually had to give my horses up because I fractured my neck in a car accident. Oh. Um, oh, but I kind of fell back into uh, dogs because I'd, I'd lived with show dogs my entire life. So I spent um, I spent my life being dragged around to dog shows. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it at the time, but it meant I grew up knowing what good movement looked like. Um, and then um, I kind of went, I want to go and pat ponies which I did. I went and, and studied uh, at Hartford College, equine science for three years, um, which I absolutely adored. And then when I had my own horse, um, she ended up with gastric ulcers and she was displaying a lot of um, really strange, odd behavior. And it was down to her being in pain. Um, and once we resolved the um, the ulcers and she was no longer in pain she still had the habitual behavior that was left over um, and it took me down this really lovely wonderful path of meeting uh, the amazing Sarah Fisher um, and then wanting to develop my knowledge more um, then had to um, give my horse up obviously because my neck injury fell back into dogs I'm now owned by the most wonderful um English bulldog he's <laughs> he's not your typical bulldog he's he's um I won't say that they can be snooping um but he is the most intelligent intelligent bulldog I I mean English bulldog that I've ever met he's super quick super smart um and and yeah I, I took him to every single um class going puppy classes um follow-on classes um and it was during those times that I was seeing dog struggle from an early, really early age. Um, and I kind of wanted to, to learn more. 
So I went and trained as a T-Touch practitioner under Sarah Fisher and a, and a few others, Lucy Leclerc, uh, to name a few. And um, yeah, that that just that was it then. It just sparked a whole passion for me. So I went and trained as a, a myofunction and rehabilitation therapist with the OCN and um, ICAT. Um, I then got my uh, behaviour diploma with the ISCP. And, and yeah, I've, I've now got this, this obsession with movement and, um, you know, sp- spotting the subtleties uh, that could be linked to behavior problems with, mm-hmm. with dogs. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of, I could talk the hind like a donkey. Oh, no. <laughs> about oh, it. And my me, students will tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> me, me too. When it comes to like observing dogs and going, oh, did you see that? Oh, did you see that? Mm-hmm. You know, pr- um, a proper observation geek. And yeah. I just... I love um, picking up on little things that that may have been missed for no no particular reason. You know, it's yeah. not it's not malpractice or anything like that. It's no. just um, I think it's easy to kind of consider it as a bit of a sixth sense, but it's a sixth science instead. Yeah. It's like it, you know you you know what normal gait should look like. You know what normal movement should look like, and especially with puppies you know yeah and for that that dog's quality of life the sooner you can pick it up the better exactly but I'm I'm actually I'm actually surprised at how many um dog pros and this is not a slate against them Mm. don't actually know what good movement looks like Mm. um they might hear certain terms being kind of used by other professionals that know about movement um but they don't know what good movement should look like um and when you train as a trainer and behaviorist you're not taught anything about anatomy and physiology yeah and i think you're missing a bigger picture you're mm. missing the whole picture because everything is linked you know throughout my training for t-touch and and, and ace you know that's that's the, the the running thing everything is linked and you know you should you should consider the dog as a, as, as a whole and not just focus on the behavior which is pretty much the symptom of kind of everything that goes before. So you're, you're taught your, your ABCs, your antecedents, your behaviors and your consequences. You're taught that pain is a, a huge um, antecedent to behavior. And then you're told to refer to the vet. Mm. But then, you know, the, the vet's got a, sh- a small window to, to kind of try and get to the bottom of mo- what might be going on. Mm. And I think as trainers and behaviorists, because we spend so much time with those puppies and quite yeah. often what, with dogs in general quite often we see them puppies and follow on classes then kind of agility and we have them for years potentially we could actually help assist the vets in supporting those dogs and, um, and we watch them move as well we we're, we're generally the people that are watching them moving whereas in a vet in yeah. a consultant room you know there's, there's not a lot of space for them to move around exactly exactly mm. and you know vets have it hard they ha- i mean i they're, they're gps at the end of the day unless you've obviously got your specialist vets but whereas a human gp just has humans they have cats dogs rabbits hamsters fish you know horses mm. the, the whole lot so they've got a hard job and, and i i think you know we we could actually help them a lot more and help more I, dogs in the process i completely agree with you like collaborative working is the way forward and you know it's give and take on both sides as well and I think it we we can't be um knocking anyone in like you say you know trainers pick things up behaviors pick things up vets pick things up and we all can kind of scoop up what happens in between um I mean I've had cases where the first professional to see the dog off lead uh, has been me 
and you know they're massively tail spinning and then we can go on to a, a kind of hip dysplasia diagnosis after that but the vet's not going to see that in in clinic no. a trainer's not going to see that in class because the dogs are on lead so it's no one's like it's no one's malpractice and the more we can no, work together no. as a team I think is going to be 100 for the benefit of, of animal welfare yeah definitely definitely and part of, of of what I do now is I either work collaboratively with those trainers and behaviorists that have a have an inkling that something's going on and needing a new pair of eyes or a different set of eyes on it or, or I've, I've actually developed my own um, practitioner program actually looking at kind of gait analysis and things like that mm-hmm. to teach these trainers and behaviorists um, not only what they're looking at but the terminology so that they can actually have a meaningful conversation with that veterinary professional um, so that they can have a, a common language um, so that vets actually kind of go oh right okay so um, I know what you're talking about now because you've mm. used that terminology because you've actually um, given me the headlines um, so I can just get to the um, get to the the crux of the matter quite quickly uh, rather than kind of like reading quite a lot of quite often kind of waffle because we don't know what we're looking at and we don't know the terminology so the course sounds fabulous I mean yeah just on just on the bio that you sent I because I said like it's one part I, I I'll, I'll hold my hands up it's one part I think in my in my um you know skills that's definitely lacking as soon as i read that i was like hello that sounds quite interesting. <laughs> um, maybe maybe you could tell us a little bit more about it yeah so um it's it's something that i've been nagged um by a team i i should really um mention my team i've got a, a lovely um group that's around me monica uh sally louise uh sue and um a few others in there Jackie as well um and they've they've been kind of like silently going you need to teach this you need to teach this and for years I've kind of had this process of um kind of a a consultation process where I collect certain bits of data I ask my clients for weird and wonderful photos and videos of their dogs and they kind of look at me and raise an eyebrow and go she's serious she's just asked me to take a photo of my dog having a poo (laughs) and it's all (laughs) it's all relevant information and you can get a lot of uh, um a, a lot of um information as to how the dog is, is is coping with with certain things so I kind of like built this course and it's it's walking uh, my students through uh, anatomy and physiology which is hugely um, important uh, confirmation and looking at different breeds because although we're told not to be breedist when we're looking at the way the dog moves we have to be mm. because they've been bred to do specific jobs the purebreds anyway um even if you've got a, like a mixture you can still kind of um take little bits of, from different breeds for you know f- for that dog um we look at what good movement should that should it like and i break it down um, we look at some really not so great movement um we look at common canine conditions the types of pain involved the pain meds that go with that um and how those dogs might present as well um and then i basically uh we all build a consultation together and it's actually built on the bones of mine that I've, I've used for two or three years now. And um, everyone's will be slightly different because I've got groomers in there. I've got vet nurses in there, believe it or not, um, and different trainers and behaviorists um, and a hydrotherapist um, at the minute. And, um, and yeah, we all build a, a consultation together and, and 
yeah it, it's 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 amazing it's absolutely amazing and the students I've got there at, at the minute are absolutely blowing my mind the stuff that they're they're producing is brilliant mm-hmm. and um there's it's split kind of like me teaching live some stuff in on an online platform and then they've got assignments to do as well wow. and case studies sounds great yeah I, I, I really um like like you flipped it on its head because you know we we refer people to to go and see a vet to rule out sort of medical conditions and, and any yeah. pain um but i've never thought that yeah you're right they're in there for such a short period of time if we're able yeah. to assist and so do you find that you get quite a good um response from the vets when you go forward with this that, that they're quite absolutely yeah. absolutely i think there's only i've only ever had I won't say negative response, mm-hmm. but not a positive response from sure. a vet, I think, on two occasions in three years. Okay. Um, and we've managed to help dogs that have had, um, that have been seen by vets before, gone to see a, a physiotherapist, and neither can kind of like narrow things down. Mm-hmm. They've then kind of um, progressively got worse within their behavior. They've heard about me through the grapevine, or someone's told them to come see me. And I've had a I've managed to get a dog diagnosed with lumbar sacral disease or a, a lumbar a lumbar sacral stenosis, um, and it's been completely life changing because then that dog can get the support it needs rather than just being labelled as oh that's just adolescent behaviour they'll grow out of it. Well, mm. you know we need to look deeper. Mm. Definitely need to look deeper. I, I found it really interesting um, reading earlier about you you've seen lots and lots of early age difficulties coming around and you know and I, you know you wonder how much this this is a part of dogs lives you know living with yeah. pain and how underdiagnosed it actually goes I, I bet it's you know well but you you probably know but I bet it's a lot yeah yeah totally totally I, I mean I've worked with dogs from um, puppyhood um, in particular one dog um, who um, I should speak more of really she's absolutely amazing um, but she was she was t- removed from um, like puppy university because she was becoming highly reactive to other dogs and people and mm-hmm. um, the behavior didn't get any any better um, she finally found fa- the owners finally found me about nine ten months old and um, she was reactive to um, everything absolutely everything she'd lunge and bark and it I could see that there was there was things going um, on with her um working with the clients they could then start to see what was going on and basically she had spondylosis of the spine she had hip dysplasia and um joint degradation of uh, her left fore she'd lived a life in pain you know and she'd been seen by a couple of behaviorists uh, or trainers and told you know it's just her behavior even even one of the vets had said it's just her behavior but when we found you know when we looked deeper and we could actually kind of have a a more meaningful conversation with that vet lo and behold you know we've 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 hit the jackpot with her um and rather than her world being really really small which it was it's now starting to open up and she's the most loving dog when you do things in the right way with her um can you completely resolve pain issues with with dogs in some incidences you can um but with a dog like uh, this irish water spaniel it's a degenerative condition which means that you're just going to have to manage it um and i would say the nice thing about it is that we know when it's getting worse for her because her behavior spikes mm-hmm. but her mm. owners are now brilliant at kind of like reading her and then kind of like upping her meds or taking her to hydrotherapy for a few more sessions just to kind of like get on top of things. So, but, but yeah, I mean, there's so many 
so many puppies, uh, uh, young dogs, um, especially that are kind of like they, they've got all these things going on for them. So have you and been you imagine the puppy, the puppy boom that we've had <laughs> this last year? Mm-hmm. I was just going to you know, um, and the quick breeding. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had any conversations with breeders. Like, have you ever been able to get someone to go back um, and find out if it's been a breeding problem or whether it's just an isolated? Um, I think um, each breed has its own specific set of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that there's um, there's a brilliant guy. I mean, I'm absolutely in love with him. And I freely admit that I stalk him. Um, his <laughs> name is Professor Dr. Martin Fisher. And he wrote the book Dogs in Motion, if you've ever um, managed to get a copy of that. He's absolutely phenomenal. And he said the biggest um, the biggest problems are hips, knees, elbows and uh, then the lumbar sacral region um, but you've only got to look at the way that we bred dogs for specific jobs to then you start to understand why that might be um, I haven't spoken to any kind of specific breeders mm-hmm. what I have done is I've worked with um, a litter of pointers before now and um, there was a couple of them that had um, the uh, iliosacral joint was ever so slightly out and it was found that they were slipping and sliding around on laminate flooring as puppies mm. so laminate flooring um and i have to give a big shout out to cam canine arthritis management um because they see the link between kind of arthritis and all this kind of slippery kind of tiled lino laminate kind of flooring mm-hmm. stuff going on i see it um and i have to say that when i was growing up in the the early 80s and, and early 90s we didn't have laminate flooring and i had a house full of dogs i, I grew up with welsh springers italian spinoni uh, basset griffon cocker spaniel a few <laughs> german shepherds mixed in there none of them had arthritis mm. because we didn't have that laminate flooring mm. um and to see the change as well so i think that environment has got a lot to do mm. with you know what's going on for our dogs as well I think I I couldn't agree more Gemma like I can't especially doing remote consults you uh, I would either meet people usually at my private venue or I'd go to their home and um, actually doing remote consults has shown me that um, I definitely need to ask more questions on my behavioral history form about their home environment and I can't let a lovely laminate flooring go now (laughs) even even if the dog is not exhibiting any problems I had a case today um you know wonderful lovely young collie um and and they've got beautiful uh varnished oak floor which I wouldn't want to cover up with rugs either but you've got a dog and Mm. uh they were playing with him and he was going back to the rug every time and Mm, funnily enough they're having guarding issues around his bed and you know it's like you were saying earlier it's all linked Mm, yeah if if a dog is not comfortable at moving around in their environment I mean imagine if we had um a few patio slabs and the rest was complete slippery ice you you know it's just it's it's not conducive to a relaxing environment so not at all uh, I yeah I probably we should set up a box from the bookshelf um rug or runner um shop because that's one of the things that I think would um would really uh work with with the kind of advice that I'm giving to people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean 
I have to say Cam again have got some great resources and some great stuff in in their shop and so you can get plenty of ideas from there but Mm -hmm. but they've actually got something um like a pdf on kind of um on actually um helping your dog around the home as well and making sure that your dog's got space to move and stuff like that um they've got some fantastic resources so yeah there's there's an amazing um webinar happening at the moment actually right Um, right now right Right now now. amber batson about Mm. sleep and chronic pain and Mm. i just i you know i'm as passionate about pain as 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 you are like i i really think that um i've said in in previous podcasts that the bane of my life is the word fine Mm. (laughs) yeah and you know what does fine really mean i'm fine Mm. when i've got a bit of a headache uh Mm -hmm. but i'm getting on with life anyway and i think that i really hope in a, in a decade's time we do see this more collaborative approach where we're all working together and mm-hmm. and looking at, at at pain um yeah because gone are the days that you know a dog's leg has to be hanging off before we consider pain relief i mean actually only a few years ago when i had my little terrier mouse um it wasn't standard for uh bitches to be sent home after spay without ongoing pain relief i mean what the what the heck is that all about mm. you know yeah. i had to ask for it yeah yeah and i then, mean and and the, the thing we need to think about pain as well is it's in it's unique to the individual yeah mm. and i always say um if I got a paper cut, I'd moan like stink. I, you wouldn't hear the end of it. You you already know I can talk. Um, you, <laughs> you would not hear the end of it. I would I would bitch and moan and whinge and whine. But my husband would just get on with it, you know. And I think that that needs to be that needs to be taken into account because I've seen dogs with um, like very small arthritic changes in their hips have quite you know a a hard time both behaviorally and physically um but then again I've seen I've seen a dog that's that should be effectively crippled with arthritis Mm -hmm. just you know bowling along as if life's amazing do you know what I mean and you'd think that you know the, the one with the severe arthritis should be the one that's kind of howling and and really not coping but you know and I, I think that needs to be taken into account I, I I don't like the sweeping statement of it shouldn't be causing an issue when clearly it is yeah so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about t-touch because I've um okay. I, I love uh I love it when I'm in the room with a t-touch practitioner because they appear to be like jedis to me they sort of, <laughs> sort of flow in the room and then they they have all of these things that they say that I don't really you know, it's the robe steve it's yes the <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like i i you know it kind of it seems like this this sort of almost this other thing this other thing that like people know to do and and i remember when i first heard about t-touch i kind it kind of sent me woo bells ringing a little bit i was like what, what, you know, <laughs> it did me as well <laughs> and now the more i know i mean i've I taught i think the first person i talked to about it was jordan shelley um who yeah. who's um obviously a good friend of sarah fisher's um, we had Sue Williamson on the podcast recently. Um, and the more, the more, yeah, she's great. It was a wonderful podcast that was. It was a real, real um, mind blower. Um, the more that I get to know about it, the more it intrigues me. Um, yeah, so maybe you could talk a little bit about T-Touch, Demo. Oh, man. It's, 
it t-touch bodywork for me is just it's incredible it it really is incredible it it changed my life it it took me down um a path which i'll forever be thankful for um it transformed my horse which is how i i found t-touch um like i said she had gastric ulcers once we um once we 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 solved the gastric ulcers she was left with some horrific behaviors and it was through a t-touch practitioner that I got my horse back you know prior to that she was taking me backwards over six foot hedges um she dislocated my thumb I thought she broke my knee once she trampled me to the floor oh, once and uh, you know it's um yeah through through use of some groundwork and bodywork releasing tension um and using specific bodywork I got my horse back you know, she went from this um, really kind of manic um, animal because she was in such distress to this really nice, cool, calm, placid, um, lovable horse that I, I first got. Um, and yeah, it's it's incredible. It's uh, I mean, I, I can't ex ex really explain it kind of verbally. You, it's something that you have to kind of watch and kind of learn. Um but yeah, it's, it's, I've seen it do amazing things. I mean, I've used it when I was actually first learning, because I'm a practitioner P2 now. When I was first learning, um, I went to go and uh, work with a Munsterlander. Um, and this dog had severe separation anxiety, so much so that when the owners um, went to work, they had to set up cameras and give an iPad to both sets of their parents to keep an eye on this dog because she'd literally scream the house down. They had chest high stair gates that she'd climb up and get stuck on. And then it just appeared that she'd pass out. So they'd have to rush over and, and um, sort her out and sit with her and calm her down. And she'd had several behaviorists come and try and help. And um, they'd heard through um, when I was working in the corporate world that I was kind of doing this training and I was looking for case studies. And I thought, well, you know, I'll go, I'll just do the work as I kept getting told. Um, by Sarah just do the work and see what happens so I went and within three sessions that dog stopped um with the separation anxiety and she just curled up with her friend her companion and they the, the grandparents didn't have to go and and um and, and help her out during the day it was incredible I was like three sessions I was like so so what what happened what 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 took place it was just it was it was just body work so mm -hmm. um she, the dog used to come and, and kind of like cut up to me, give me a cuddle. And then I just used to start to kind of just move the skin gently. So you can, you, you, T-Touch body work is based on um, three principles of lifts, slides and circles. Mm. Um, and you do it mindfully, always making sure that you um, are checking for feedback from the dog, not just visual feedback. So um, silent communication. So, you know, um, way lie all that kind of lip licking mm -hmm. lip licking that i always do that i you, do i'm glad i found someone else that does that i can't say lip licking can't lip do it. I, know, it's, <laughs> I think it's my teeth they get in the way um, <laughs> and um so yeah and it but it's also about um breath holding and things like that because mm. dogs can hold their breath if anybody's ever noticed it's not just panting or or kind of um slowing their breath down or quickening they can actually hold it as well just like we can you know when we brace for something or we see something's you know, mm. you know we're gonna have an accident or something we go oh and we brace dogs can do that too um but it's also feeling for feedback underneath your hands um so how does the skin move 
does it move in which direction can you move it it's it's those sorts of things and yeah and, and you you learn to kind of um read the dog underneath your hands as well and and just kind of you can work in areas that the dog is comfortable with um and you can move closer to those areas that might be concerned to the dog but kind of give it a, a kind of like a respectful kind of distance around it yeah. but it is incredible see such body work is just phenomenal something i've noticed with our new fee peach is there's an area on her back around her hips surprise surprise um where if you touch it she kind of gets like a little wave like a little wave a ripple skin yeah. twitch yeah, yeah like that and yeah. not all the time um because I've got, I've got quite obsessed about this not all the time but sometimes um I don't, I don't know if that's dependent on what she's done if she's in some sort of discomfort there um on what's happened before on, during that day in terms of types of walk things like that but yeah. it's definitely something I've noticed and when I was reading Sue's book um that was that was featured in there and that kind of got oh okay so it sent a little light bulb off she swings yeah. her hips like beyonce that dog does i tell you she's uh oh, yeah. really? she is a big old yeah yeah she's a rescue she's been with us a year on monday actually and we just got back from swimming with her she loves swimming oh absolutely loves it but um yeah i want i look at her moving sometimes and i think mm, i do i do wonder yeah yeah i mean it's the the swaying hips is is a kind of like a bit of a giveaway for for certain kind of hind end issues mm. um, i'm not a vet i can't diagnose but no, sure. i see kind of certain kind of um patterns forming with things it's definitely something that i would get checked out yeah. and the, the skin twitching you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head it's kind of what's gone on before kind of and what time of day that that happens it, it could be tension mm. it could just be a nervous system response you know you need to check your pressure of, of how you're touching her as well because that could be it mm. um but yeah it, it, it should never be kind of like looked at in isolation although it can help mm. it, it's all kind of like like i said at the beginning the bigger picture and yeah. looking at the dog as a whole yeah yeah she swings her leg in as well not, not that i'm you know to make it all about our job but she does when when you watch videos of her walking so i just started to take things she swings one of her legs sort of in in a little bit okay. so, swings so she out triple swings tracks out. yeah is that what that's called triple tracks yeah ah, okay. so so a dog should in theory in in walk um and and trot uh, we're definitely in walk they should move on two planes of motion so in um think of it as railway tra railway tracks it's another word i can't say um <laughs> and then in trot generally the the limbs move closer together some dogs single track other dogs just kind of move their, their legs towards the middle um so you should be on two planes of motion and then what happens with some dogs is that they just drift ever so slightly with the hind end and you can get something called triple tracking where the one of the front limbs moves in like on its own track and then two limbs move um, so a front and a hind will move on one track and then the remaining hind limb will move on its own track. Uh, so instead of two, track. they move on three, triple tracking. Uh, so there you go. So that could be what you're seeing, but obviously I'd have to see some video. Yeah, you can send me some oh, very interesting. Oh, yeah. look at it. <laughs> yeah, Another big clue is, you know, if people are listening and thinking, oh, what do I look for in a gate? Is if your dog is at full speed, uh, what we would call bunny hopping. So, yeah. you know, both back legs moving at the same time yeah um isn't a normal gate and i can completely see Gemma, how you've come from an equine background <laughs> into dogs because like yeah. i mean they're so much more obvious aren't they in all their movements they and 
you see it on a bigger scale and whilst there are quite a lot of differences in actual fact when you look at horses you see you see it like magnified um so it's always worth going to see a, another kind of like quadruped you know move mm. um but but yeah but it's it's not just gait that you should be looking at it's um activities of daily living as well and they can they can Im- impact on a, the way that a dog is physiologically but what's going on for them can also impact on those so you know looking at the way that dog climbs the stairs for instance you know you can bunny hop upstairs as well again you know that's not a normal thing to do some dogs just kind of like go hell for leather up the stairs and you could actually say well actually are they trying to offload those limbs really really quickly um and just trying to get up those stairs really quickly but watching the dog come down the stairs as well you know are they holding a limb up um, as they try and negotiate coming downstairs so especially the hind limbs um so we can look at things like that jumping in on and off the sofa in and out of the car can they do it are they reluctant to do it all these things that you know a, a lot of people don't even kind of give a second thought to yeah and it, they, they can still... be the trigger really can't they <clears throat> for things and i certainly yeah. know like my my collie he's he's pushing 15 now bless him and he'll still come upstairs for cuddles. And I'm very careful about how we do that. Um, but he kind of falls with grace down the stairs now, which which are carpeted, I must say. So he's got, you know, he's got all the grip he can have. And I walk yeah. in front of him. But it's, it's yeah, it's kind of like, well, gravity will take me. I'll land at the dog bed at the end of the stairs. And, oh, but it's, it's definitely not as fluid as he used to be. Um, yeah. And... You know, if he was three, I'd be worrying about that a lot more than I am now. Yeah. 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 Just a big cushion, kind of trampoline at the end. (laughs) Nat needs one for herself. I do. Yeah. I fall down the stairs all the time. So it's I've done that. I've done that. Usually whilst I'm carrying biscuits, but, you know, I say save the biscuits. It doesn't matter about me. (laughs) I'm going to break the biscuits. (laughs) So how often um, are, I, I hate the word clients, but people on board with you when you're working with them? Because um you know sometimes they might have had a quick vet check and they think everything's okay um and i just know yeah. speaking about myself i've got um and i've i've had an mri recently and i've had lots going on and if it wasn't for people throughout my life telling me that i grind my teeth in my sleep i wouldn't mm. know any of this was going on but i know now why i get the pain and we've ruled out everything else so it must be this yeah um but that I've gone through a few, quite a few steps to get there. Whereas sometimes yeah. uh, people are having a, a little once over and, and because they've seen uh, another professional that they think that that can't be the cause, especially because their dog's doing lots of active things. Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically meeting the client where they're at mm-hmm. um, and kind of, um, to use the term drip feeding, mm-hmm. Sarah uses the term drip feeding quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's It's just kind of like... As soon as they get in contact with me, they'll start getting information from me about it's not just behavior. It, it could be X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, vets aren't behaviorists. I don't get me wrong. There are veterinary behaviorists out there, but vets aren't behaviorists. And it's it's kind of, you know, kind of explaining that as well and, and kind of just just trying to kind of. Um, talk to them kind of softly about, about what's going on sure. because it can be quite daunting to mm-hmm. be quite honest um especially when you've you've already taken your, your dog to the, the vet and the vet said that you know they can't find anything wrong with them yeah um when we start to break it down and start to look 
at specific things like the activities of daily living that I've mentioned and and gait and things like that mm-hmm. that's when we start to go okay yeah okay let's go back to the vet uh, for my local clients I do assisted vet visits so I actually go with them and chat okay. to the vet because I think a lot get, can get lost in translation. It can be really overwhelming for a pet parent, a, a guardian, mm-hmm. um, to actually um, relay what's been said yeah. by me. So having either a report or um, having me actually go with them or me picking up the phone and actually having that conversation with the vet yeah. um, can make the whole thing much, much easier for, sure. for all concerned. I think it's, it's overwhelmed mainly for the for their pet parents yeah sure i love i love assisted vet visits that sounds yeah. um, that sounds marvelous does anyone else it feel is. like they want to take Gemma along every time they go yeah because <laughs> that's I what i feel like we need a special waistcoat for that <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> is, is it do, i mean do, do you see it's all classic cliche isn't it that once you've got a hammer everything looks like a nail it, do you see that like trainers um and behaviorists just um or the possible i guess trainers maybe this falls more into more into that than behaviors i guess because they have a bit more knowledge don't they but but they just like right i've got this now i've got the i've got the quadrants and now i every i can fix everything with all the quadrants <laughs> and i've got it yeah this is a loose lead walking problem here and do, do you find it does that frustrate you is that is that something that you would say is going on out there a little bit, but that's not their fault. No. They only know what they know. No. Um, you know, and I'll quite happily talk the hind leg off the donkey to anybody <laughs> who wants to listen um, and, and you know, help them. So, yes, it is frustrating, but it, that's not their fault. It's it's kind of the Spe- training that they've had. Speaking on that then, have you approached the organisations and said, let me offer this as part of your course because your your trainers and your behaviorists that you're putting out are perhaps missing this and I think they really need it and if you have um, what has your response been I I haven't to okay. be quite honest um because I thought I would I would just do it myself sure. hence, yeah. hence dynamic dog is yeah. is you know has yeah. been born yeah so um so yeah it sounds... I, think it's, I mean it's, it's an add-on some some trainers and behaviors really want to do it and and mm-hmm others don't yeah. so you know it, it's a it's a it's a really nice add-on a bolt mm-hmm. on if that's what they, they want to do so like t-touch like ace mm-hmm. you know like those sorts of things so sure. you talk i mean and that alluded to it ever earlier on as well um but i bring this up quite often on the podcast i've said it i bore myself sometimes but i remember listening to an interview of chris packle and he's got this he's got this setup where there's like a vet a behaviorist a trainer like the, the whole like route is planned and when someone goes to see them they see everyone and everyone works with everyone and they send that person a report and that person gets a report and I always just I remember listening to that and thinking that just sounds so idyllic you know for for the client for the for the person that goes in there and knows how well looked after they're going to be um I don't know if yeah. anything like that exists over here it probably does um but how wonderful yeah that would be. so i i do people get people get um so i work specifically with a one particular hydrotherapist i'll give her a shout out her name's sue james at, uh four seasons um boarding and hydrotherapy kennels in tradiga in deepest darkest wales oh, she's wow. phenomenal um so um i Hi, met sue. her at a t- <laughs> <laughs> i met her at a, a t-touch clinic believe it or not and we've been really good friends ever since i'm partly trained in hydrotherapy as well um she's trained in behavior 
And I take my reactive dog clients to her because um, I don't know if any of you have seen my work with Tag, uh, the collie, um, where he uh, was diagnosed with um, after a, a long kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, problematic time for him and his owner. He had a bite history. He was diagnosed with bilateral hip dysplasia and he had to have, you know, both hips um, replaced. And I get in the hydro tank with with tag sue presses the buttons i'm there to support the dog me and sue have got that relationship i've taken to so the irish water spaniel i was i was talking to you about with the spondylosis um we used ace free work in order to build that relationship with sue sue is now able to um you know work with that dog on a one-to-one basis mm-hmm. because she's now built that report and it's having people like that that you can work closely with can mean absolutely everything to that dog and absolutely everything to that owner. Mm. Um, I've got an acupuncture, uh, a veterinary acupuncturist that I refer, um, I, I suggest referrals to. Obviously, I can't refer myself. I have to go through the vet. That's really important. Um, but I've also got physiotherapists that I will, I will say, please, can you send them to this person because I know we can work together for the the benefit of the dog and to give that dog a a, a positive experience. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think you need to build it as a trainer and behaviorist yourself. And I think those relationships are really, really important. And they're a must have really, uh, definitely, because it's all for the good of the dog at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I Something I've always thought about. I mean, we kind of do that anyway, don't we? A little bit in that, like in terms of referring back, yeah. backwards and forwards. It's like, um, I think we all need to build our own network as well, but there's also scope for a, a sort of a, a wider, more national um, mm. uh, network as well. And certainly in my new job with with Joy, that's what's been amazing, working so closely with, with vets and veterinary nurses and, you know, dermatology experts and nutritionists. And it's great. You know, I think it's a two-way street. Like, we can't put all the onus on... Uh, the vets to be wanting to work with us we also have to prove our worth which you know all of us are doing um and it it, we're not going to win over everyone some people are going to be a bit prickly about it but you know the more we can go along and like you say Gemma say the right terminology and Mm. kind of win them over in the in the right way you know Mm -hmm. we're coming to you because we're professionals and we know what you're talking about yeah Um, exactly the way forward I, I, I need to bring up something else going slightly off topic. So, you know, uh, you, you know, you know, so when Andrew talked about um, you should be coming on the podcast, obviously I became Facebook friends with like you do. Uh, Gemma, you do. And I've never <laughs> Are seen. Are you going to mention cheesecake? I am. I'm going to mention cheesecake. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen so many posts about cheesecake. <laughs> do you do you love the chip? This is news to me because I don't go stalking like yeah. Steve. It's not stalking. I'm, I'm, I'm a stalking. normal person. I meet people and I talk to them face to face. But Steve goes stalking. What, tell us about the cheesecake. Oh my god! So um, it's the staple diet for the Gemma Hudson, is what I can say. <laughs> I've probably well, I've yeah, I've always liked cheesecake. But you know, when you're in lockdown and you get a bit bored, you start to kind of go hmm. And you start to look at, you know, websites, cheesecake websites, by the way. Um, and, and then you find a local, um, I'm going to give her a shout out, the Breeding Hill Cakery. 
okay Hello. and you find that she does all these wonderful uh, cheesecakes and you're like holy shit she she delivers been <laughs> 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 all my life and oh man oh and then, yeah. and he it. even does a postable brownies does a brownie come more brownie no, uh, white chocolate sauce, salted oh. caramel sauce. Oh, yeah, wow. see, you've just dribbled. Mm. So <laughs> oh, that was a proper Homer Simpson oh. moment. <laughs> 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 so, so yeah, and you know, and then my clients start sending me cheesecakes. They, they because I've mentioned this Breeding Hill Cakery. Um, Tons of times. Completely not hoping that anyone would notice. <laughs> I, I do, you, do you know what? Steve takes brew dog boxes to scentwork class all the time and uh, no one's bought him a box yet. <laughs> no, no one's you've picked up on that. No one's been too no. subtle. Mate. <laughs> too <laughs> subtle. <laughs> oh, man. And then I just get the, the lovely lady from Breeding Hill Cakery um, just knocking on my door going, Someone sent you this. I understand you're not ex- expecting it. And I'm like, no, who sent me this? I had literally had one arrive this week with four mini cheesecakes. Oh, four wow. mini cheesecakes in it. Wow, and I'm like, first of all, mini and cheesecake shouldn't really go together. <laughs> but, oh man, I don't care. They're just delicious. And it's so versatile. You can use it for brushing your teeth with, breakfast, <laughs> lunch, dinner, snacks, mask. <laughs> face mask um yeah shower gel <laughs> shower yeah and she actually does this really lovely white chocolate and uh, raspberry cheesecake with a ginger nut base oh hello wow <laughs> <laughs> well that, that gets to the bottom of that cheesecake so yeah. Gemma are you it in does. Wales are you um Tewkesbury in Gloucestershire oh just I thought you mentioned uh you, your hydrotherapist is in Wales is she she's in Wales yeah, yeah. I travel uh, an hour okay. and a, a good hour okay. and a quarter to she's that good wow wow that speaks volumes. Like, I should take her a cheesecake, really, because she she has a cake. <laughs> I turn up, she's like, "Where's my cheesecake?" And I'm like, "Um, sorry." Yeah. <laughs> like, I brought you one, and I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> so just just in case anyone's listening out there that wants to work with you, you do you do accept cheesecake as payment? It would appear so. It's amazing <laughs> how PayPal have branched out. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I do have a thing for cheesecake. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd talk about it because I do. I see many <laughs> many cheesecake posts. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> so how how if anyone's listening here and they want to get involved in your course, Gemma, how would they go about it? How would they how would they go go about starting that up? Man, so um, I'm sold out for this year. For like twice. Wow. I know. So I've got a waiting list for next year now. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, all they need to do is either find me um, on Facebook, which is Gemma Hodson um, hyphen all about the dog. I do have an, an observation group, which is Dynamic Dog Observations. People can join that if they want to. Or they can just you know contact me via email i'm quite happy with that and we can have a good old chat Brilliant. i like talking obviously <laughs> Brilliant. i might stick myself on that yeah i was list. just gonna say stick us on it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure it sounds absolutely fabulous doesn't it and it is something like i say it's a i think annoyingly i um shared your course with steve i was like i would really like because um 
either Andrew or yourself might have shared it on the Interdogs page or Andrew um, might have shared it and yeah and I was like oh and now I've missed my classic me just missed my opportunity (laughs) (laughs) if you sweeten Gemma Gemma up with a couple of cheesecakes you might (laughs) (laughs) do you take bribes Uh Uh (laughs) just don't tell HMRC (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was crazy it 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 sold out really before I had the chance to advertise it properly I think I had like three spaces left when I actually launched physically launched it so what a wonderful problem to have yeah I know <laughs> yeah. yeah I know and do you know what? I'm really really lucky really lucky and the, the students that I've got kind of on the courses and the upcoming ones I mean they're phenomenal anyway mm-hmm. so um yeah I'm it's just yeah it's just the best thing to be able to share kind of what I do and help more dogs mm-hmm. that's what I want yeah Indeed. that's what it's all about at the end of the day isn't it yeah so what, you mentioned a book earlier on I only half wrote it out dogs in motion um, Dogs in Motion by Professor Dr. Martin Fisher. Professor the God, Dr. Martin the legend. I, sh- I should have a shrine. It comes with a cool DVD. Oh, does it? Uh, but basically, he he uh, he he researched. He did a Jena study. Um, so he's head of uh, the Jena University in, in Germany, and he did a Jena study. And I think he took about 137-ish different breeds of dogs and put them on a treadmill and studied their movement. Um, and it, it's incredible and he's actually got the dvd of all the dogs oh, and he did uh, yeah and movable x-rays and everything like that absolutely incredible the guy's phenomenal um yeah and like i said i i actually got he he very rarely tours i don't want to say tour because it makes him sound like he's some kind of rock star he is to me <laughs> um but he ended up believe it or not 30 minutes from my house in Pershaw, like in 2018 and i'm like I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to him speak mm-hmm. and yeah and he was so generous with his time I think I took up about 20 minutes of his lunchtime he signed my book I'm such a fangirl and yeah he was just amazing I, I'm exactly amazing. the same I did there's that yeah no embarrassment when it comes to no. people in the coffee queue and going no can you sign these five books that you've written for <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and he yeah he was just amazing honestly um and he, yeah, he's given me permission to use some of the videos for my course and stuff like Wonderful. that. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, just that get the book. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to add that to my wish list without a doubt. That, oh. that reminds me of the time, do you remember when Ian Dunbar came and gave a talk in our tiny village hall in Burlington? Yeah. We looked like, like oh, really out of the A mile up the road. He did, he did a UK tour and he went a mile up the road from me and Steve. And it was like, why is Ian Dunbar coming to talk at Burzeldon Village Hall? Well, we've got to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I think it was um, a physiotherapist. I can only remember her first name. Her name's Emma. I can't, I apologise, Emma, if you're listening to this. And um, it was the only time he's ever been to the UK, I believe, to do that talk. Wow. And it was about his book. And I was like, I'm there. I don't care if I have to gate crash. I'm banging <laughs> down the door and I'm sitting in there. So, yeah, and it was amazing. Wow. I, feel, I feel like I've got a question that you probably can't answer because your Uh-oh. world is set up to probably see clients that think their dog has pain or have been referred to you for that reason. So you're probably, so most of the dogs you're seeing either do, I imagine. Um, so I'm just wondering how much those that of us that don't specialise in it are missing it. Like, is it is it more prevalent than... Uh, then yeah that's that's what that's um, where my mind sadly, was going and and that's how sadly, i feel yeah 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 sadly um 
you know that there's a lot more that, that that needs to be done but we're a hell of a way forward from you know than where we used to be mm-hmm. thanks to the likes of people like Sarah Fisher for mm-hmm. one yeah. you know and the amazing work that she does so so yeah it's it's yeah it needs more work yeah definitely I'd love to get Sarah on the podcast I really would I, I'm, ask yeah. her yeah, ask her I'm I sure will. she will she's great yeah yeah that's definitely on the wish list we saw her at, um the Victoria Stillwell behavior, behavior conference, conference a few years ago when life was a bit more normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. great. She's she's really really good. Well, I mean, I'm I'm conscious of your time, um, and and I haven't got any cheesecakes to pay you to stay on for longer. So, um, so oh, I've got I'm, one I'm in the really, fridge to eat. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I'm really hungry now, so I want to go. And... <laughs> I mean, thank you so much. What a yeah. real eye opener. You're more than welcome. And yeah, definitely, I think we'll get ourselves st- um, stuck on the waiting list for next year's Please next do. year's course. Um, yeah, brilliant. Thank you so so much. Um, we do we do um, a tradition here called fake buy, where we fake buy for the podcast, but just hang around so we can do a real buy just for a second. Okay. So we, as ever, oh, oh, we need a photograph as well. Oh. We do. Yeah, we do. do. Yeah. Yes. I'll actually get Should we do a photo screen. now? Yeah. Do you, you need me to switch? Shall I switch my, my light on and everyone can see? Uh, no, you don't how have to tired be. As, you don't as, have to as, be. You know, as lit as me. I don't know why I just don't do that, actually. Why don't I do that? <laughs> In fact, that's. Tell you so. Yeah, darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, that, that's better. <laughs> okay, right. Are we ready? Yeah. Ready. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Lovely. And let's just say that we're all Bot on. got our eyes open. Yeah, we're all we all look normal. <laughs> Define normal. Uh, <laughs> so that'd be the first. For me, anyway. Oh, hang on, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'd, uh, I've, I have to film out the window because Foxy's just turned up. Uh, oh, Nat, gone? Nat's got a garden fox. That... Fox watch. We have. Yeah. yeah, we've got. We have foxes out the front. Well, every night one fox goes and sits outside the, our neighbours opposite. And he sits there and he waits for them to come out and feed him. And then you're yeah, across been... you're across the road just looking at his gate and what's wrong with this fox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, this this guy could do with some work. But um uh he uh, we feed him. he's supporting his lady at the moment. She's home with the babies. Oh. Um oh. and I haven't put his dinner out because usually I'm back in the house. Shame on now. you. But, yeah, so he's just come around, sniffed around, gone. that's me shunned (laughs) right are we ready for a fake bye then yeah okay everybody fake bye thank you so much Bye -bye. bye Atoms collide, ourselves divide, just like they've always done. A spark of life, we multiply this ride, has just begun. That stretches back through all time Time
to simply survive. Survive, you can't keep it down, you know. It grows. For feet, for seed, our genes compete. This war is never won. Numbers increase for reason and peace on mass as one with strong. And where opposition exists, it's our duty to persist, resist and fight and defend till the end, another's right to all this, this A wish, a kiss, you can't keep me down, you know, and I can't keep you down, I know, and it won't